0: Absolute blessing tonight, and I want to tell you I've got extra time in my back pocket. So, you do, you gentlemen. Got all <laughs> you got. Well, we, <laughs> hey, we've got extra breath and words <laughs>
1: to, to fill that. But yeah, you man, just tell us how long you want, and we'll go. Five or six more hours will suffice. Yeah, we'll do the marathon. We'll do the marathon, man. We'll <laughs> we'll j- jump on the marathon. Well, I want to touch on something that you said about sleep deprivation and uh, yeah. George, I, I don't know how much he can talk about this at all, or if I should oh. even mention it. But he he had to, one of the schools he had to do was the hostage yeah. thing. Can you talk about that at all,
2: George? A little bit. Uh, yeah, I can. I can talk a little bit about it. Uh, it was. Uh, I ended up in a mock POW camp. That means they put a,
1: him as a POW in case he got captured as prisoner wars part of his training. So you'll know what he's talking
2: about. Right. Right. So if uh, because the missions that we were trained for you're inherently put in behind enemy lines so there's a high probability that at some point you're going to be captured and they wanted us to be able to prepared to be prepared for how to deal with uh interrogations uh torture beatings etc etc so um I, i mean what part of that did you want me to focus on? Well, didn't
1: on? didn't they sleep deprive you? Was that part of the breaking oh, of you?
2: <clears throat> well, there was <laughs> there was that before i ever got to that school. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that, that was that was early on stuff. That was the easy yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't think I got two hours of sleep. Uh, as You know, while I was in the the mock POW camp, but at, in Ranger School during the Florida phase, uh, it was one meal a day and maybe two hours of sleep if you were lucky and mm-hmm. and the only other sleep you got was from uh literally nodding off you know like mm-hmm. passing out because you're so tired and then you know trying not to get having your buddy wake you up before you get caught and thrown out or whatever but uh in the in the pow camp you're literally so exhausted that you're falling asleep standing up wow. you know and you know you're just you're like we called it bobbing for apples your head is doing the you know bouncing forward and uh it's you know you're hallucinating you're losing weight because you're not eating uh one of the meals was actually like a bowl of rice with bits of sardine mixed up in it and i thought it was really good (laughs) but other guys were getting sick (laughs) (laughs) they couldn't stomach it i was like i used to eat sardines growing up it's no big deal i I did i did yours if you don't want it (laughs) i I like them too george of course (laughs) i don't care
1: food um, man give me some food (laughs)
2: Yeah, a lot of it had to do with uh, your attitude, your mental attitude, and one of the things in training they taught us was that no matter how bad it gets, always keep your humanity. Uh, Do little things that reinforce that you are a human being, child of God, and that might mean brush the sawdust off of you, clean the dirt off your skin, you know, even if you have to spit on your fingers, you know. Give yourself a little bath, you know, do the little things to remind yourself and to keep it wired that, that, that you're a human being, you're a child of God. And no matter what they do to me, they cannot have my soul because that belongs to God. Gotcha. So, and that, that really helped me. Um, and even moving forward, when you're going through other spiritual battles, when, when your foundation is built on the concrete of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, it doesn't matter how big the storm is. It didn't matter what category it is. You've got that foundation. So even if it, the roof gets blown off during a hurricane, your foundation's still there. If you don't have that foundation, uh, you're going to wind up all over the place. And, and by the time you think you've recovered, another storm is already hitting you. It, it's just the way it is. But with the, with the sleep deprivation and everything else, it really teaches you, it's like, okay, at your core, who are you? Are you, are you someone that's going to give up? Uh, are, you go, are you someone that's just going to quit? And, and Or are you somebody that's going to fight even if it costs you your physical life? And we talked about this. For us, our physical life is important. We value life. We, we value all life. Like we're talking about, but if if something happens and we lose our life out of love for our our brother, sister, fellow man, uh, that just means we get to see the face of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just that, that's like okay, uh, well that's, you know if that's the worst that can happen, cool. <laughs> you know, there's there's no spirit of fear involved because our salvation is in Jesus Christ,
1: and that is a very powerful. What you just said, the Apostle Paul said, for me to keep living is a hard thing. To die is gain. And that is the reward. You know, we won't have any retirement on this side of uh, heaven. Uh, Our retirement happens when we breathe the last and we get to paradise. So we, as a Christian, know that. When you have that as your reality and, and can walk in that reality and maintain that reality. And don't forget about it when the pressure gets on. You see, that's why we do all this training. That's why God lets you people, us, go through things to train us and get us ready for the big thing that's coming. Listen, everything you go through, everything you work yourself Mm -hmm. through is to train you so that in that moment, when your world is collapsing around you, you can keep your wits about you. You don't quit. You don't give up. When I used to train, when I would run every day, six miles every day, seven days a week, rain, snow, sleet, uh, earthquake, dead matter. You got to get out there. I ran one day. It was in a, such a rainstorm that it was on back roads that I ran, and the, the, the creek, creek had flooded the road, and it was there was about six to eight inches of water rushing across the road, don't ever try to run across that, by the way, because I tried that day. I didn't realize how much force is involved with moving water in a flood. So as I started to run across this little culvert in the road, it started to sweep me into the ditch. But because I'm a fighter, I climbed out and kept running. So, so but it's that mindset that prepares you for when you are up against it. So when you get in a ring... You're in front of 5,000 people, okay? And there is a real possibility that you're going to get your butt kicked. And it's very, very, it's going to be very embarrassing for you when you have to walk out of there and you've been whipped, okay? That's in your mind when you're training. When you're a police officer, while I was on the SWAT team, and we would have to train constantly in the SWAT team, we would have to go and do buildings, and we would have to take rooms and you know lay down and i was the sniper for the swat team so we had to continually train with those things all the time but when you train the uh first good i think it was my very first kickboxing maybe my second or third anyway this this guy was he was strong and i was a better fighter than him but he hit so hard. He had long arms. He just, he had long arms. And man, he put me at the end of a right hand. That was his only punch. His only punch he had was a straight right, but boy, it was a good one. And he caught me. I think it was the third round, second round, maybe the second round. Coming in, caught me. Boom. And dude, the bells went off, everything. But because I had trained so hard and been in such good shape, I continued. He knocked me out on my feet, but I kept fighting, even though I was knocked out, and I knocked him out. (laughs) Think about it. I kept, kept throwing punches because I was so conditioned to do that, and I had been hit. Listen, if you've never been hit, you're going down when you get hit. When God sends things into your life, they're to toughen you up. Okay, so when I got when I caught that right hand, anyone else would have buckled. It'd been over. This guy was really strong, but I just I stayed up right and I started throwing punches in clusters, and he couldn't take it. When he, when I didn't go down from his shot, and listen, he'd knocked everybody else out. That's what happens when your enemy throws their best shot and you walk through it. They go, oh no, and they're done at that point. He, in fact, I dropped him. That's that's term for knocking knocking him down i dropped him in that round he went back to his corner and he wouldn't come out he refused to come out for the next round cuz that and that's how that one so i'm over in my corner i don't even know where i am listen at the time i was a police officer i woke up i don't know if you've ever had a concussion before or i had a concussion i didn't know it i woke up about 4 days later i was working i was going through my I was a cop. I was on duty. I was driving my car, cop car on duty. I'll never forget it. And all of a sudden, it's like I popped awake. Now, I had been working the whole time, like on autopilot, but I couldn't remember anything. It was just I woke up from a fog. I said all that just to say when you're going through things in life, you are training for that moment. When you want to be the champion, you don't want to be the loser. You want to be the champion of your life because you're in the fight of your life. And it's ramping up. It's getting more intense. And all of these things that come your way, God sends people to you that you're going to have to help and teach and train them.
2: George? Yeah, I, I think that really points to what that, the, the purpose of that is, and that's the confidence. The confidence. Because if if you have that confidence, especially with the Lord, when when you're hearing the other voices and you're trying to discern between what god wants you to do and what these other voices are telling you uh, if it's uh, on the simplest of terms uh, one is going to tell you something that's positive uh that's that it involves love the other is going to be virtually the opposite it's going to be self-gratification uh you know something something along those lines but once you've gone through these these trials once you've passed these tests once you've done these things you have that confidence And the next level of confidence, if you haven't experienced it, is, is when you connect with your heavenly father, when your heavenly father grabs you by the shoulders, so to speak, uh, and lets you know that he is proud of you as as his child, as his son or daughter, that that reinforcement, that affirmation uh, that will get you through. That can get you through anything. But when you've prayed to God, when you've connected with God and you've talked to him and you've asked him for something. And then when you get that, that's your confirmation. Okay, cherish that, right, because that is God loving you is answering your prayers. And there is no bigger confidence than knowing that God loves you and he's proud of you. And, folks, things are going
1: to things are going to happen to you. The closer you get, the more of a breakthrough you begin to get, the more the enemy is going to ramp up the attacks. When our father died, that – and I made a video about this. I, I don't – it's on our – no, I don't know if it's on the website. It's on heavenlywarriors.com. It's out there. But that culminated a 10-day or two-week time of absolute everything that could go wrong – was going wrong i i was hit by a truck riding my bicycle i think i talked about this last time i was on with you shannon but i was out on a, a bike ride I, I do bike riding long distance you know 30 40 50 mile-ish stuff and i was hit by a truck this was the beginning of my my sorrows my week of sorrows and all of things just escalated not there were some suicides of people multiple of people i knew that all happened clustered there together so, the speaking of what George is, is saying, letting God protect you and getting his protection, when you walk with the armor that's on, you're going to be protected. So, I'm coming home from work on uh, Wednesday night in my Suburban, and I'm on the interstate in Texas. Shannon, you know Interstate 35. You'll know that well. Runs right through Austin. And you know it's full of 18-wheelers 24 hours a day now. It's, it's that NAFTA highway, so it's constantly with 18-wheelers. I'm on the inside lane, and it's raining. We've had bad rains in Texas all last week. There's a, a diesel truck behind me, and there's a, a diesel truck to my left, and I'm boxed in, right? So all I have is the shoulder and driving along at about 65 miles an hour because it's raining all of a sudden out of my right, I look to my right, and I see a pickup truck flying through the air, bouncing, hitting, and rolling. It's coming from an access road that runs parallel to Interstate 35 that is up a hill, and it is flying, and I'm talking 20 and 30 feet in the air, flipping. If you've ever seen a vehicle start to roll, it's a terribly violent thing, and it's just rolling and hitting and Shannon, it's headed directly for me, and I can't go anywhere. It's literally falling like the Wizard of Oz. You know how the house was falling? That's what it was like. That's what it looked. This truck is coming down, and it's going to hit the front of my suburban, and that's going to drive me into this truck. I've already—you can see the whole thing playing out—and all I could do at that moment. Because you don't have time to do anything or say anything. But what was the top of my thought was, Jesus. And it's all you have time to do. Jesus. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. But that's exactly what George is talking about, what I'm talking about. When that moment comes, you have to have filled yourself with so much of this stuff that works. Because you know what I could have said? And you know what could have been in the top of my mind? O.S., you can fill in the blanks. That's what the average person is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, well, that's not going to get you anything but more S. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's whatever you put in your mind and you fill it with. So I was on autopilot, just like when that guy hit me with that right hand. I went immediately into autopilot, into my training. Like George said, when those guys go in to, to remove a hostage and he takes a round, takes a bullet under his vest, the guy will keep going because he's so trained. He'll go until he just bleeds out or drops dead because we're so try police officers are the same way there's no fear we don't have fear from the day one we put on the badge and we're in the academy they constantly every day when you get they hand you the keys to your car and you get in there and go to work you know you could die that day somebody an old sergeant told me when i went to police where he said son every day you go on duty remember somebody out there wants to whip your ass that's what he said (laughs) I said, i said yes sir he said and then somebody wants to kill you. He said whether you meet him wow. today or you don't that's up to the man upstairs. He said but somebody out there right now wants to kill you. And boy that's sobering. And you ride around with a target and especially now with all of this defund the cop stuff, it's it's very dangerous but you're so trained you don't even you can't retreat. I mean you will walk into a butt whipping and take it because you don't even think about it. There's, there's no, you can't think about retreat like you said, George. But it's from the training. So I'm saying that all, not, not just to tell you guys a bunch of war stories. I, this has applicable meaning to what you're going through and what you're trying to do, and how you're going to get prepared for what is coming. Because there's some stuff coming. We're gonna have to be ready for George.
2: It, it, it comes down to your individual choice. Okay you don't have to listen to what we're saying because you have free will, just like everybody else does. You get to choose. The the question is, what do you want to choose? And what Rick was talking about, you know, I kind of touched on the demoralization of America. Well, if they demoralize our protectors, our law enforcement officers, uh, let me just give you an example. Uh, a, A law enforcement, a typical law enforcement officer has to deal with the worst people in our society on a daily basis. Just that portion of the job has a tendency to taint that person's perspective on who who human beings are. Okay? So, I mean, Rick can talk to this better than I can, but imagine uh, you're in a job just for one to two years, and you're constantly having to deal with, I mean, some are demon possessed uh some people at their they're, worst
1: they the only time right, you see right. them is they're in a crisis something bad has right. happened
2: only time you see so, people so to the point to when you meet someone who is a good person you're not sure if you can actually trust them right okay so so if we don't lift up our sheep dogs our police officers our protectors i mean now i'm not with any group you're going to have good and bad It's primarily good. The vast majority are good. There's always going to be some bad. But if we don't make an effort, a concerted effort to unify behind our law enforcement officers, that is something you can do. One thing that I used to do that that seemed to really make a big difference to my local law enforcement officers was I would take in a case of bottled water Mm. with a note that says, thank you. I don't care what anybody else says. I respect the hell out of you. And that, that bottled water they could put in the fridge or they could take it with them in the car. I would meet with the sheriff or whatever just to shake their hand yeah. and say there's there's people out here like me yeah. who will support you in any way we can. Uh, it, it doesn't take very long. It's not, it's not expensive. But that's just one example. But that's one way we can help. Uh, I mean, hire some of these law enforcement officers in your red cities and red states that are being uh, expelled or you know uh, excommunicated from blue states and blue cities through yes. this two funding nonsense. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it's, it's total nonsense. If
0: you're just joining us, we're live with Rick and George Pittman, gentlemen. I'm really enjoying uh, hearing and seeing y'all speak tonight, and um, I want to go back to a moment if we can to this. I believe it's called was it seer training that you went through in the special yes, Force? which is um basically training given to uh, soldiers on how to survive if they're captured um could you give us some more insight as to uh what you experienced and uh, i want to ask too uh did anybody
2: manage to escape out of there because <laughs> i hear it's very hard what was it like well uh from from what i can from what i can tell you uh I had to prepare myself mentally before I went into the school. That uh, to not defend myself was number one, and two was not to escape. Those those were the rules. You 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 could not hit back. You could not defend yourself, and you could not escape because I had already. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. I grew up. I'm 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 a sneaky guy. I grew up running around in the woods when I was in junior high school and all this stuff. So. So I I had, through connections, I had found out where this place was. I'd already figured out the best ways to escape, where to go, (laughs) and all that stuff. And then they said, no, if you do that, you don't pass the course. And I'm like, ah, crud, you know. (laughs) So you're stuck. You're literally stuck there. But what they teach you before you go in is resistance techniques. In other words, uh, one example, without being too specific, is uh, just one example might be playing dumb. Uh, Like you might uh, you might be pretending uh, like if you're get caught in Iraq or somewhere or Iran Iran would be a better example. You're in Iran as a civilian, but you're not really a civilian and they arrest you and you say, oh, I I was just taking pictures. You know, I just I came here with a with a tour bus. So you're playing dumb. That gives an example. Uh, There's other examples of. Uh, like excuses that you're giving it's almost like an acting performance but you're you're tapping into these uh these mind states that help you avoid giving the enemy uh information that they want you know it's like it's like you're not giving them what they want and you don't want to give them the satisfaction of of breaking your spirit at the same time if that, if that helps explain it better and, and there I, was a time when Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I and I can uh, just say this. There are levels that increase uh, in, in it. In other words, they might start at a level one, we'll just call it, and maybe then it escalates to two, and they'll see how much you can take, and it keeps ramping up. So it's um, designed to, to break you, to find the point at which, is that correct, George, that'll break
2: you? That's correct. So so there's, there's different resistance techniques. I don't want to give the actual number or uh, be too specific about it because um, you know, that might help the, the enemy. Uh, but, but, uh, the point is, is that they're trying to, um, see how you react to how you respond to getting the snot beat out of you, uh, to, to trying to inflict panic and fear, uh, uh, telling you lies that sound real and, you know, seeing if you can process that, um, okay, is, is what they're telling me real? Should I trust this person who is my enemy? And that kind of helps you with that mindset because it's like, you never trust the enemy what they're telling you. Even oh, if even good. if it might be true, you just, you're like, I reject that because you are not of God. You are my enemy, okay? And you can reject that. That's, that's, that's what depression is. That's what anxiety is. In my mind, fear is imaginary. It is not a tangible thing that can hurt you. It's a thought, okay? So if you can control your thoughts, like what you think about, you can control fear. Now, fear is completely different from danger. Danger can kill you, like you're talking about the truck, yes. like you're talking about being a police officer, yeah. getting shot at. That's, there's circumstances, scenarios that are dangerous, and you can have the awareness to try to avoid those, or you can train yourself for how to react when you're in them. Two different mindsets. But that's the difference between fear and danger. Sure. If you can process that and you can master that, uh, that that's a big help. But uh, there were certain things. One, one time I was getting the snot beat out of me, and the only only trick I had left was to lock my knees because I knew if I, as I was standing up and it would head me up against the wall, just slapping the snot out of me, so I locked my knees and I passed out on purpose, and I got a break <laughs> because Can't really get a break. I was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. He, he quit hitting me when I hit the floor, <laughs> so I, so I won. I was like, cool. And then they they put a a, bo- a, a dog bowl of water on the floor. They're like, you, you know, because I was dehydrated and everything else, and now I'm like, you know, drinking out of this dog bowl. Of water, really slow, because I know the longer it takes, <laughs> he's going to run out of time. He's going to have to beat the hell out of somebody yes, else. You know, right. <laughs> so it's always thinking how do, how do I, you know, what can I do? What are my options? And 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 just staying resolute in in your spirit of who you are as a child of God, because uh, only you can give up, only you can surrender. Okay. Oh, I yeah. surrendered to God, and as a result of surrendering to God, He bestowed upon me uh, a, an indomitable spirit for Him. Yeah. To where I will, uh, I, I, I will gladly perish for someone that I love, or even a stranger that I believe does is deserving, uh, because that's what God put imprinted on my heart. Uh, John fifteen thirteen. Amen. You
1: know. George, I don't, know, I don't
2: know if you can talk
1: about this, and you may not be able to. Can you talk about some of the sounds that they would pump in there to you? Or, oh,
2: gosh. Can
1: you talk about I'll,
2: that? Well, When you talk about, uh, like, let's just say uh, post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. the issue of post-traumatic stress, you can have post-traumatic stress for, from any number of things. It can be from your childhood, the way you were brought up. It could be from an experience you had with a stranger or from a bully at school uh, but there's different levels and they happen at different ages and, the, and there can be uh, off the charts to the point of satanic ritual abuse Yeah, and sorry I don't think we want to get too deep into that but that's 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 as high as I can imagine mm-hmm. is that um, for us it, it was there were different things but I remember from combat one of the things that stuck with me was the smell of a burning body. Not to be too graphic, but there's a distinctive smell. And any time, uh, once I was in an operating room, I, I did uh, some work with medical device, and I was in an operating room, and they were using a harmonic scalpel that cauterizes as it cuts. But that smell of flesh just took me back, and I was on full-blown panic attack where I was almost, almost passed out in the operating room. Because it, it hit me, I, I was not prepared for that. I am now, but yeah. I wasn't then. Yeah. Uh, so so and, and I was just like, "Oh my God, what's happening?" And it, it I had to process that. Yeah. And I, so that's part of that was part of my training. Yeah. The other part was in this mock-up POW camp. SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. That's the S.E.R.E. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this POW camp, they were playing. Music, like uh, think of it like psychological operations,
1: Psycho. uh,
2: psychological warfare, music, and one that got me because I was so tired, my defenses were weakened and down, the, and it, it was just over and over. It was a baby crying, and uh, and and it was then it was a slightly older child crying, "Daddy, Daddy, help me! Where are you?" And that just, God, that hmm. it got me. It, it literally got me, and I'm I'm sorry. I'm kind of because because I'm, I'm thinking when I hear a baby cry to this day. I'm like, where's the baby? What it, what can I do to help this baby? I I want to protect this baby. I don't yeah. want this baby cry. I, you know, yeah. is it, you know it it's, triggers it's you. In dis- it triggers oh, yeah. you, George. Yeah. I, I go into fl- I go into fight mode. I'm not talking flight. I'm talking yeah. fight. Like yeah. I'm, you know, got to do something. Especially with what I've learned, yeah. I've got to help this baby, or I want some the mother or the father to help this baby. Yeah. Because yeah. if they don't, I'm I'm jumping in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I got to do something. Yeah. I got to do not something. Uh, so that's that's a powerful thing, but if you have a trigger like that, uh, it 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 can cause anxiety it can cause you to uh, isolate yourself from good people from all people because you are afraid to have that part of you triggered Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, so it it took me time to overcome that one of the things that helped me was a dog Uh, when I would feel this anxiety my uh, unofficial comfort dog is a dachshund a minister dachshund I used to have you know like tough guy big dogs my whole life yeah Uh, but this little female miniature dachshund melted my heart because she had been abused yeah and we bonded she's like 15 years old and she's a family member she's not my dog i don't own her she's a family member we're soulmates yeah Uh, Yeah. but when i feel anxiety the physical action verb of loving her petting her attending to her needs because she has seizures and all this other stuff yeah uh, that that love, it, it love trumps like President yes. Trump hate. Right. Love trumps hate. Yeah, yeah, and that removes that fear. That removes that anxiety. Love does that. That's
1: good, George. Shannon, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it back to you, buddy.
0: This is an amazing interview tonight. We're live with the brothers Rick and George Pittman. And you know, gentlemen, as you are talking tonight, and sharing, uh, I'm really believe this is, this program is of great value to the body of Christ. Those listening tonight, those of us who are here tonight, God wants to prepare to endure till the end. Now, gentlemen, I was raised in the church, Church of God. We were taught rapture is imminent. could come tonight before we got out of church service. And, you know, uh, years later I came to read the word for myself and realized, you know, I think we're going to be here longer than we were told. Yeah, and, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. For the long haul. And most of us uh, may not make it out of here in life. There'll right. be many martyrs turn the return of Christ. And I said that it to say, I know I wasn't prepared growing up. And I would say most of the church is not prepared today for what is soon to come on planet Earth. I look at this COVID-19 as the new nine one one. Look at what has happened. Um, A brute force attempt to shut down the globe. Yeah. And I don't need to explain what's going on. We're all living it, but we haven't seen nothing yet. And the point I wanna make here is the church at large is not prepared to endure to the end. Jesus said, um, they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. And I'm, uh, two months ago, I was just saying, Lord, do you have a word for me? And I had, I had an impression in my spirit patience in the faith of the saints. And I'd read that before, and I went back and I've been meditating on it. And, you know, Jesus talks about in the book of Revelation, I believe it is, where it talks about the mark is rolled out, yes. and all will be compelled to take that mark. And to not do it is imprisonment and losing your head. And it says, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I'm thinking, patience in face of maybe losing your, your life and not knee jerking and tapping out and saying, okay, I'll, I'll bow my knee and take the mark. Or getting angry at God. You know, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. You mm-hmm. know, what about the time Job was told by his wife, why don't you just curse God and die? And we're seeing people already doing that. It's the great falling away. And I went back and read the parable of the sower and it talks about those that receive the gospel. But when persecution comes for the gospel's sake, they get offended and that's who the falling away are. They're lukewarm Christians. Maybe some of us tuning in tonight that we're not prepared for what's coming. And when hard times hit people fold and they tap out and to tap out in this round, is to lose your soul, because if you take that mark, you bow your knee the Antichrist, folks, it's an unpardonable sin. You will bust hell wide open. Do not pass go. And there's going to be many that are offended. Many are getting offended now, as we mentioned. Some are walking away from the, the, the gospel. And folks, we need to be trained to endure to the end, no matter what the cost. So the seer training you were going through, it was preparing you for the fact that you may be captured and put in a POW camp and how to survive. And folks, uh, we need that same preparation now because we may be in that same situation or everything we put our faith and trust in is pulled out from under us. What will we do? Are, are we committed to go to the all the way for Christ? Even if we lose everything, I want to say one more thing. Um, I was thinking back about when, in World War two, our men were sent over to Normandy Beach, and uh, many would die that day. Many got shot as soon as the uh, back ramp dropped as they were coming in over the water, and uh, many were shot from the machine gun nest by the Nazis and you know drowned in the water. It was terrible. many didn't even make it to the beach, but I was thinking uh, they we're given the order to take the beach at all cost. Yeah. And folks, we've been called to go all the way to finish line at all costs. Now, they knew that this was a shooting war. People were firing live ammo. The Nazis wanted to kill the Americans as they were storming the beach. And many would die. And folks, the enemy is a is trying to kill you and I. Yeah. For be be assured right now. There is someone wants you and I dead. They want to take us out in a body bag, and it's Satan and his host of hell, and wicked men and women operators that are full on demonized. And so, folks, uh, don't uh, let's be certain about that. Someone wants you and I dead. But the parallel I was trying to make here is, they had to go when that uh, off ramp dropped, and you couldn't run. You would be killed. Right. You would be a coward too you had to go, knowing you might die. And we've got to take that same attitude. Uh, We we may die and very likely will if the Lord doesn't return first. But we cannot turn back. We must take the beachhead. And we need to prepare ourselves for that. Jesus said, all those in Christ Jesus shall serve persecution. He said, if you don't pick up your cross, follow me, you're not worthy of me. But the sad part is, gentlemen, we're not being trained with that attitude that we might have to be Uh, give our lives for Christ before it's over with. But also we are being trained to endure hardship and suffering like we need to and if we're not trained and get this training now and gird our loins and then get in the fight because those that obeyed the order, they were victorious. Eventually we took the beachhead, took out those machine gun nests And um, they took the beach. We've been given the same order by the commander-in-chief, occupy till he comes. If we don't do it, we're cowards. And there's a list of things that will disqualify a person from getting into heaven. Number one on the list is the fearful, the cowards. And many are going coward now. They're walking away from the cross. They're tapping out. Many are deceived, gentlemen. They're over there Rallying with uh, Antifa and being the communist, they were either they're just stupid, they're deceived, maybe a combination of both, or they have already tapped out because they just say I, I didn't sign up for this. Well, sadly, the church is ill prepared, is ill prepared, and many have even been prepared by, um, you know, workers for hire, which have promised them, you know, every day is going to be a Friday. Mm-hmm. Live your best life now. Yeah. But every day is Friday, folks. And we're not living our best life now. We're going into war on the saints. And if we're not prepared to survive and endure till the end, no matter what it costs, we will lose our literal souls. You can't tap out at this point and make it into heaven. And so we need this preparation that you were talking about. We need to realize that some of us will not survive. Others will be alive and remaining to see Jesus at the last trump. But when we're given the command to do anything else is a wall. And it says, he that seeks to save his life will lose it, but he that loses lose his life for my sake shall save it. So I appreciate what y'all are doing tonight. You you love America, you love the church, you love the people of God, and you're wanting to help us all get prepared to endure till the end, to achieve the battle objective. You know, it's just like a secret service agent if they're a good one. They're prepared to take a bullet for the president. Right. They might have to take it on a daily basis. You wouldn't want a bodyguard who is not willing to take a bullet. Right. I don't think um, the has any respect at all for men and women of God who are not willing to lay their life down for Him. And I think we've been chosen for this time to be vessels of honor and maybe to do that. I don't know how I'm going to end. I'm not worried about that anymore. But um, I certainly see that there's a big problem here and we got to get up to speed and quick because folks we're going in and even if you say well, i'm just going to run well you, you're going to do it to your death the enemy
2: is not going to cut you any slack <laughs> there's a saying it uh, used to say there's no point in running because you'll only die tired <laughs> oh I, we're live <laughs> with ricky george um Uh, Gentlemen, uh, how old are you?
0: Uh, George, you said you're 53. How old are you, Rick? I'm 60. Mm -hmm. Okay. Y'all are still youngsters. I'm young, too. I'm 50. Just sharing a little thing with you. I was uh, 20 uh, on November 27th, 1989, when I went to work for the U.S. Army. I was a civilian, and I uh, was looking for a job. I was freshly married, needed a job bad. (laughs) Had a baby on the way, no medical insurance. And I went down and took the civil service test in Alexandria, Virginia. I got a job and I worked for One Officer Division Perscom Headquarters, U.S. Army, uh, where they made all the assignments for the Army aviators, and I worked in, uh, I worked on the desk basically managing the files of um, uh, helicopter pilots and working for fixed wing, and three weeks later we had the invasion of Panama. What an exciting time! I worked for the government through Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and Provide Comfort, and. Uh, amazing men and women uh many of them were vietnam veterans and they had been in maybe since the 60s or 70s and now they had been they're up there in career branch and just an exciting time i worked for the government for about six and a half years but uh during war it was an exciting time uh i just wanted to ask you george did were you deployed over there
2: to the goal I, I i was i was in uh, i was in desert storm that's where i got my uh combat infantryman's badge and a Bronze Star, but uh, of all the things that I was fortunate enough to be able to do, the thing that meant the most to me, the biggest blessing from God, was that in eleven years I brought every single one of my men home in one piece. Thank you. I didn't have to write any letters, uh, and and that I still thank God to this day for that very thing. The second thing was was the ability once I got back from combat to uh, be able to connect with veterans, Vietnam veterans. And and uh, after SEER school, I actually got to talk with uh, three different gentlemen that had been in POW camps in World War II. Wow. To be wow. able to oh. absorb just a fraction of the knowledge that these people had uh, and, mm. and and to what they experienced. Uh, it, it, for the For the Vietnam veterans, it was like, they were finally able to let go of all that negativity that they'd experienced when they got back and were spit on and called all kinds of vile names and things from uh, just from following their orders, being drafted in many cases, uh, but just for doing what they were told to do, they were castigated by you know so many people. But it, but it allowed them to open up and I got to share with them and, and listen to them and, and it's like uh, we could relate to each other. And it was, like, it was like watching a wave of peace come upon them. Uh, that, was, that was so gratifying. So those, those are the things that I cherish the most from my, my time in the military.
0: That was an amazing uh, time in American history. I wanted to ask you, when you were over there uh, deployed, Did y'all ever come across any of Saddam Hussein's palaces or bunkers, anything like that?
2: Well, uh, you know, keep in mind this was the first time. uh, This this wasn't the 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 Iraq War that came after. This was under uh, H.W. Bush. Uh, But we got uh, across the border. uh, We 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 took my group uh, with the 82nd Airborne Division. We took Tulil Airfield, which they renamed at some point to george w bush airfield the second time around i don't know what they call it now but that's where the tower of babel is located mm-hmm. which Whoa. is really kind of wow. really kind of neat because i got to see it and touch it wow that's yeah really I, that was that was like, crazy <laughs>
0: i mean you were there uh living the bible man the tower yeah. of Babel.
2: yeah but uh but before we could go further like to baghdad H.W. Uh, Bush, in order to keep the coalition, so to speak, uh, said, stop, don't go any further. And we're like, hey, we're just getting warmed up, man. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when we when we came into the airfield, they fired on us with anti-aircraft guns. And you, you talk about, you know, are you prepared? Are you trained for it? We were so excited. Uh, and I'm not and I mean, I'm being literal here. We were so excited because we've been waited. We've been training for this. And somebody was finally shooting at us. And we were like, yes, yes, they're finally shooting at us. We can we can do what we're trained to do. And we, so we got into our battle formations and our Humvees, and we're flying towards this anti-aircraft gun position. And the guys took off. They were scared and ran. I was like. Awesome. What, so, a, what, you
1: know. what a testimony. Do you hear that, Shannon? They were so well-trained that they started taking fire and went, yes, finally. And when they hit there, the guys ran from them because they, these people are crazy. They're trained. Yeah. <laughs> these people are not. Listen, Christians, you got you can do the same thing. You can put the enemy on the run. When the bullets come, the fiery darts come, you go, finally, a fight with Satan. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. And it's a mindset ok, George, I, I had to say that. Keep yeah. going, buddy.
2: No, 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 that's 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 exactly what it is. It's a mindset. I mean, we were in the capital of uh, of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, while Scuds were coming in. The Air Force guys are running and jumping into bunkers, and we're out there in our shorts and tennis shoes, like watching fireworks. <laughs> you know, drinking our sodas, <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is cool. And they're like, they're looking at us like, you guys aren't right <laughs> you know? in It's just some Italian. It's just like it's we, I, we felt protected by God. We, we I, I mean, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I just knew that I was coming home. And, and if something happened where I didn't come home or, or I wasn't going to come home, I didn't care because that was, that was what I wanted to do. You know that was that was my mission, was to be there to you know, and, and it might have, you know, it, it changed over the years. But you know, when you believe in what you're doing, uh, it's 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 you're all in. That's it, know? and that speaks and that's to the what you we were... should be. You know, being all in is the way we should be with our relationship with God. I mean, if you're all in for God, and there's people that that I mean, they've been all in for God since a young age, and God love them because. They give, they inspire me, and and it's like I was trying to tell people earlier. It's like um, just because I did w- what I did, just because I was able to do those things, yeah. that doesn't make me better than anybody else. That doesn't. It just it's just a different set of circumstances. Right. Uh, it, it really is. What matters is 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 what we have in common, and that if if you want to be more for God. All you have to do is ask and be willing to, to do the, the mission that he has in in his design for you. But if you're all in for him, it's going to happen naturally.
0: Rick, is God calling the church in this time to go all in for him and take the beachhead?
1: There's no option, Shannon. They're invading us. We're, we're under it. We're taking fire. Incoming incoming as I speak. Yeah, they're coming after us. You may have a little bit of a um, season of quiet right now before the, the big storm starts. By any indications, when November comes and the election happens there's going to be this is the warm-up for all of that and i could we could go on for hours about it so i'm not even going to get into it but what you're seeing with the burning and the looting and the rioting is the dress rehearsal they're seeing how the response is and how far they can take it and getting ready for what they're going to do when trump wins with a landslide and they try to steal it with mail-in votes see here i go i better back off i'm gonna to have to give it back to you shannon or i'm gonna go off on a tangent and you know what happens then
0: Folks, we need to prepare for this. I call these the months of high danger. Now, we've had many of the watchmen on this program. Um, Y'all may know Dana Coverstone. Yeah, absolutely. God, what was coming on America. I believe he heard from the Lord. And um, we've been trying to sound the alarm here, folks. Prepare for battle. Uh, Prepare for some serious hardships. And folks, we've got to be prepared to go all the way for Jesus. We haven't been called to back down. God's not calling a Dunkirk evacuation. He's calling every available man, woman, boy, and a girl who called himself a Christian to report for duty, to occupy, and to work until he returns or takes us home, even to the death. We've got a job to do. God has not rescinded His order in Mark 16, preach the gospel and there are signs that will follow them to believe, casting out devils. Laying hands on the sick that they recover, speaking in tongues. We've got these orders, and we need to fulfill them. And we've been even been told there'll be exploits done by those that will be faithful till the end. This is an exciting time. You know, I like what you said, gentlemen. If we will take the attitude, we're all in. For me to live as Christ, to die as gain, and you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? There's nothing more that the enemy fears than that. Christian believers that are ready to die for Christ. If that's what is required at the time, but are not going to back down because if we back down, all is lost folks. Every person out there in America who can vote, need to vote for president Trump to not vote for president. Trump means you're in compromise. I know some people that just say, I'm not going to vote. Well then you're in compromise, just like Maraz. Uh, the alternative is communist and globalist takeover. And I'm not saying Trump is perfect. We need to pray for him. You know, I'm hoping that there'll be an executive order put in that says that those of us who are not going to take the vaccine don't have to go to jail for not doing so because yeah. I'm not taking it. But, and I don't understand how that's going to work out, but I uh, am preparing that I may end up going to jail before it's over with. But I'm, gonna, I'm drawing my line in the sand. I'm going to support our president. I'm going to support our country. I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm not taking the mark. And you know what? Uh, that's a fearful thing to, to contemplate, but I had to get to the point, you know, God, it's too big for me to figure out how you can get me get us out of this scenario. I'm just going to give it over to you and obey your order. And the bottom line here is, um, if you look at some of those dreams, September is marked as being a month that the church needs to pray and do the psalm assemblies, and it'll be intense spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, on a micro level, gentlemen, I had my main internet cut twice this week. Hmm. Tuesday and Thursday, we went off the air, and I got photos of the text. Someone literally cut the wire up the road Mm. Uh, just to add insult to injury. (laughs) I'm walking out of my house yesterday, and there's there's a kite that's wrapped up in our line, and it's pulling on my lines. I'm saying, That's just like the devil. He's going to try to knock my my internet out by person or kite, somehow or another, you know, just to piss me off. Mm -hmm. But. What, what I'm talking about is we're we're being told that probably the dollar is going to go to a third of the value end of October. November, December, we could see blackouts across the country. We could even see a suitcase nuke detonated, if you believe the dream. And let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. We've had the warnings, Rick Yeah. and George. Dmitri Dudeman, Henry Groover, who went home to be with the Lord. Many others, David Wilkerson saw it. Dr. Jonathan Hanson saw it. You know, judgment's coming on the world, and we've got Russian and Chinese troops in country, okay, at some point are going to carry out what God warned was coming if we didn't repent. Well, I know it's so serious that Jonathan Kahn has called for a special uh, prayer meeting in D.C., right on the tail of Harbinger Two coming out just about a week ago. He's been shown it. Many have been shown it. Intense persecution, folks. Yeah. We've never seen. Look at what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Hong Kong right now. China took it. Took it. If you're a Christian there, in communist parts of the world, they'll hunt you down. They'll arrest you. I live in Bali, Indonesia, and that's where I'm broadcasting from tonight. Someone here in our city was arrested and put in jail. They'll be in there probably for four or five years. You know what their crime was? What? They were a pop singer, and they spoke out and said, hey, I don't like this mask. I think that our health minister is a slave of the new world order. Now, we've said pretty bad things in America against our president. I mean, not I, but others, and you know, you're still walking on the streets. But you even question the official narrative over here. They threw this guy in jail. They said he offended the health minister. (laughs) He's in jail tonight, folks. Um, We've got still got some freedom in America. Thank God for that, but they're coming for that. They're coming for our Second Amendment right. The churches have been closed in many places. People are having to do Zoom meetings. This is abnormal. This should not be the new normal that we accept. And if we don't speak up, then we deserve what we get. Again, we need to pray for John MacArthur, who's making a stand for Christ, for Rodney Brown, who was arrested early on because he didn't close his church. I thought those that are sick should call for the elders of the church, gentlemen, and they anoint them with oil. How can we do that when we can't even hold church? So we're going to see economic impact. I think wall street will totally collapse. According to the dream, all trading is going to stop. And I've been warning for a year now, gentlemen, that people need to not only pray, but put back some food, be prepared to protect their families. My family lives in North Georgia. And there were people that got emboldened, I guess, when those attacks were going on out there in Portland Yeah. to go to the suburbs, and there was someone casing out my mom's place.
1: Really? I
0: didn't know that, Shannon. They, they ran, but Antifa went on Twitter and said, we're coming for the neighborhoods now. And folks, before it's over, we're going to see probably attacks on churches. I wouldn't be surprised if... They've tried to burn them down as they're burning down stores. You need to be prepared to protect your family. Sadly, the ammo supply is all but dried up. I'm told Smith and Wesson is in high gear right now. They said unheard of orders. People know that trouble's coming, and you need to be able to protect your family. Number one, you have a God-given responsibility to do that. Maybe
3: seconds.
0: Provide for his family is worse than an infidel. So if someone's coming into your house. You need to be prepared to take them out. That's what I'll do. Sadly, I'm in a place I don't even have second member rights. I have a butter knife I have to find a way.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> God help mercy. Uh, and you know what? I tried to get back to America, but to bring, but my wife is not allowed to come. So yeah. I'm not going to her and take my two sons. So I'm stuck yeah. until Lord uh, yeah. opens that door in the largest Muslim country in the world. Yeah. Over here in this part yeah. of the world, they burn churches down. I'm not afraid. Right. The point is, is um, we don't need to be afraid. We need the enemy to get afraid because we're willing to go all in for Jesus and we're prepared to do seconds spiritually, yeah. physically, yeah. obeying the Lord with what he tells us to do, but never underestimating the enemy. The enemy is gonna try again, folks, even after the election to try to disrail this country and our president, they're burning the flag, stomping on Bibles. This cannot stand. It should not stand, but it's going to get worse and we need to be prepared for it. And we need to make our stand, not cower and hide, but be the lights that God has called us to my micro sermons over back to you gentlemen, Rick, well
1: that that's we've taken up two hours of time for you, Shannon. So uh and we could go on and on. But you know, we'll come back. You know, we'll do that and do some more because this is a time when what you said the church is, is missing in action. They're they're a wall, basically. And they're not preparing anyone for what is coming. They're not even open. And that's that's where the, the whole thing's going. They're gonna shut the churches down. I said a while back that hate speech was going to be how they took the churches out hate speech they were going and that's if Hillary was in there that's where we would be right now there would be no sermons because it's hate speech it's white privilege and hate speech all of that so that's what i thought they were going to take us out with i didn't see the virus coming that uh, literally closed the doors but now they know they can do it now they know they can do it all they have to do is come out with virus 2.0 the next one will be a doozy it'll be worse than this one And they don't think they don't already have it waiting. They wanted to see how we would react to this. Next one's going to be a, um, it won't be a picnic, that's for sure. But that's all I have uh, to say, Shannon. I'm going to give it back to you you and let you move
0: on. Ask you this. Gentlemen, have you both seen the new documentary, Plandemic Part 2, Indoctrination?
2: I saw it, yeah. George, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet, but I just added it to my list.
0: It's still on Brideon. You know, of course, Brideon, did you hear about a week ago they almost lost the platform? Australia threatened the internet provider of Mike Adams? Man, I don't wow. doubt it.
1: They'll do anything. They'll now, pull out all the stops to shut this down.
0: They almost took him out. Uh, but Brideon.social is open. But you got to see this documentary. It proves what we've been talking about, Event 201. It was planned. What's coming? And folks, uh, what, what's coming is going to test us to the core, but we can make it if we stay with Jesus. He's our only hope in this hour. Um, I want to ask you, gentlemen, before we close, where can people tune into your program? Um, and also I wanted to ask you to consider coming on one time a month, gentlemen, and do a show for us here in Omega Man. We um, are blessed to have you brothers here tonight. Now tell people about your ministries, how they can tune into your shows, and how they can support your work, please. Sure. We
1: are uh, Pitbull Patriots. We do a podcast, and it's 30-minute segments. They're not long segments, so you can listen to them on the go, and we're in the process of putting a lot of those up now. That's Pit, P-I-T-T, two T's, Bull, B-U-L-L, and Patriots, P-A-T-R-I-O-T-S, plural, and you can find that at iTunes or anywhere they have podcasts. You can go to pitbullpatriots.com. That's our website. But if you would like to support what we're doing, the best place to do that is to uh, go to heavenlywarriors.com because there's a PayPal thing set up on there already. I haven't set up the PayPal on Pitbull, but I need to remember to do that. I'll make a note to do it. But you guys know how to reach out and get a hold of me through uh, heavenlywarriors.com. We don't, I don't think we have any contact information yet on Pitbull Patriots, because we don't want the hate mail to start yet. We're trying to hold off on that, <laughs> I'm sure it will be. And you can reach my brother George, George Pitbull Pitman, by reaching out to me, and we'll have all of that set up. So just reach out to me if you would like to contact him and hear more from him. We work together. This is you can tell we're brothers, can't you, Shannon? It's it's pretty obvious. We're
0: our warrior brothers. Yeah. I'm honored to be here yeah. with you two men of God tonight. George, we, we sure do appreciate you coming over tonight. Would you be willing to come back on again with Rick and you will do some more shows?
2: Yes, sir. It, it, it's been an honor to be here, and uh, I, would, I would be honored to continue to help in any way that uh, you and your listeners would like.
0: Y'all have much to teach and share to the body of Christ. Uh, before we close, gentlemen, would you uh, have prayer tonight for our country and our president who's under extreme attack. I heard there's been 25 assassination attempts on him so far. Could you pray for our country tonight before we close? Be happy to.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you tonight. I thank you for my brother. I thank you for Shannon and Omega man radio. And I thank you for all the listeners, all of the people who are going to hear this, who heard it tonight live and in the archives as it lives on forever god we ask for a special hedge of protection to be placed around our president donald j trump lord he's doing your will he's doing your work he's the only united states president we've had in decades that was trying to do the right thing for the people of god and he is and you know that they are out to get him The enemy, Satan, seeks to kill, steal, and destroy everything President Trump touches or tries to do. So right now, I come in agreement with my brother George. We have a blood between us. We come into agreement and with our friend Shannon. And Father God, you said we're two are touching anything. Whatsoever we ask will be done in heaven. And we have three. We have three in agreement right here. And a three-strand cord is not easily broken, the word said. So, Father God, we call down angels to protect the White House. I know there's Secret Service agents there, but they need angels also. The angels to protect that president. Everything that he eats, everything that's given to him, start to put protection around him that he's never had before. And, Father God, keep us safe. Keep us healthy, keep us strong, and keep us ready to fight. And let us be a blessing to the body.
2: In Jesus' George,
1: name, George.
2: Amen. amen. All I can say is that I, I, I thank the Lord. I love the Lord. When, when the Lord continues to show me things, it's like each day, I, I'm learning more and more. He's showing me more and more. He's proving more and more to me, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, I, but I could I could have had that a long time ago, if I had just uh, put my pride aside a little earlier. Uh, so, but but I'm so thankful that I've got it now. Uh, and, and one thing I would I would try to pass on to people in, in this in this prayer is like if you're if you're feeling this battle within you. Uh, one thing that stuck with me is that it's like the Lord kind of put a put a thought on me is like uh, any idiot can hurt somebody else it doesn't take uh anybody special to cause harm you can do it with a word with the tone of your voice it takes somebody special to help another person to heal another person so that's that choice that you've got to make within you and ask God to help you do that and and, and it, it's It's your individual walk, but if we can take our individual walks, find that common ground, come together and unify, there is nothing that can stop us from helping God defeat evil.
0: Amen. Folks, it's been a real honor to have here tonight the Pittman Brothers. We've been honored to have Rockin' Rick Pittman and George Pitbull Pittman. You haven't seen the last of them. One more time, gentlemen, how do people go and find your broadcast? Pitbull Patriots 2.0. t's and two l's
1: pit bull patriots anywhere itunes anywhere you get podcasts it's broadcast all over and we put one out every few days we try to do them as often as we can and again they're about 30 to 40 minutes in length so you can uh, listen to them quickly about a myriad of topics that are current and in the news and uh what you would need to know to fight. We're trying to get you in shape because my people perish for lack of knowledge, the Bible says. So we're trying to put the the knowledge out there that the mainstream media, fake media, will not tell you. We're, We're perishing because we're not getting the truth. These people that are sleepwalking in these dead churches that you're talking about, Shannon, they're not being fed the truth. You can't turn on a television and watch any kind of news, with the exception of Fox News sometimes, that's going to give you any kind of truth what's going on in the real world. It is complete psyops, a psychological operation, complete psyop right now. The news media, every kind of information that you get because the the news media is controlled and owned by the deep state. The deep state's real and they're running this show. So that's how we try to provide. George is great at researching and, and doing these things. He's had a Twitter account for, uh, he actually had, I'm going to say it, I'm going to brag on my brother. One of George's Twitters, he has about 14,000 followers and you guys need to follow him. I'll let him tell you where that is. One day, uh, his His thing was blowing up with all these people responding to Twitter and all this hate mail, and he's like, what's going on? That's unusual. It just so happens that President Donald Trump had retweeted one of George's tweets. The president retweeted one that my brother (laughs) wrote. I'm so proud of that. (laughs) So so yeah you need yeah, to follow would... his Twitter stuff he's on that but he's he's a great researcher and we have a, another friend and she's a great researcher too and she feeds me and George some of that those uh, things that kind of keep us up to date because you have to have people in the background who are looking for things and keeping their eyes and ears open that's a full time gig in and of itself you know we come on and do these shows but the work is all that behind the scenes prep work that uh that makes it all come off so that's how to get us pitbullpatriots.com or look for that or go to heavenlywarriors.com that's the way you can reach out email and uh, support us with paypal if you'd like and god bless you guys thank you for giving us this opportunity shannon we've got a lot more to say as you would imagine
0: well, I'm looking forward to having you on soon. Let's get a date going and send me a banner for your new show. I'm going to put that up on the wall and promote it. Folks, thank you for tuning in to a special Saturday night broadcast. And I'm going to close with a song uh, dedicated uh, from to Dave King, who wrote this. He died in a helicopter crash. He was my family. Um, but an awesome song. Hope you enjoyed.
3: stand at night if we don't join together our freedom's gone forever don't tread on Well, that's a good
1: song. That's a good song, Shannon. Yeah, very good song. You said the guy was lost in a helicopter accident. Is that what you said?
0: Ex-stepfather, Dave King. Yeah. um, In Last Frontier Air Ranch. And he was flying a helicopter back with a buddy who had just bought it. And they made it back to Anchorage and uh, had something go wrong. And they, uh, they plummeted 500 feet. There was Dave and the pilot. And the two sons, um, the father and one of his sons were never found. One son miraculously survived, and uh, Dave washed up on shore. He's with Jesus tonight. I had talked to him maybe just a few weeks before he perished, but the most important thing is he knew Jesus, and he was a uh, Alaskan cowboy, wrote that song, performed it. He was a patriot. Well,
1: Shannon, I, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to use that song on our website, if if that would be send all right, it. if I could get permission for it.
0: Would be honored. I'm going to send you a copy of that, my brother. I
1: would love to, to honor him that way. And send me a little bio with it, please, too, because I want to post that on there, let people read I about sh- him. Would you do that?
0: I will. Thank you for listening to it. and love you both. We'll see you next time, gentlemen. God bless you.
1: God bless you. We love God you, bless Shannon. bless you, too. Bye, brother. Bye-bye. I think we're still on. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gone. We're done. That that was really great, George. I-